finances can either enable a family to flourish or money matters can be an enormous strain on a household. It's clear that God wants us to have peace in this area, yet sometimes it feels like an impossible objective. And today we're gonna talk about it. I'm Ben Houck here with my wife, Stacy, and we'd like to welcome you to this episode of This Is Family. Our conversation today is on family finances and investing. And we're excited to be discussing this important topic today. I know for us, when finances are out of balance, the stress that comes along with that imbalance is very unsettling. But on the other hand, when financial matters are in alignment, there's great peace. That doesn't mean there's always an abundance of money, of course, but when the principles are right, peace always follows. And our guests today have so much wisdom to share with us in this financial space. Sister Gail Nelson serves Calvary as our chief financial officer, as well as an instructor at Indiana Bible College, teaching several financial courses. She's also a Dave Ramsey certified master coach and a Financial Peace University coordinator. Brother Tom Butler is a certified financial planner and business owner, having semi-retired about five years ago after a successful career of over 40 years of helping people with investing and financial planning. Tom, Gail, Thanks so much for being on the show with us today. We're really excited to have you here. Oh, it's awesome to be here. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, b- before we get into the specifics of finances and kind of get into the details and the nitty gritty, let's talk a little bit about uh, some principles. You know, we want to kind of lay a foundation here as to what we're talking about. So, you know, obviously finances, talking money, really the biblical way to get money is to work. So Tom, maybe you can share with us a little bit about just kind of that biblical foundation and what the, what the word says to us about working. Well, obviously, Ben, uh, the area of finances and financial planning is so important all throughout the scripture. There's over 2,000 scriptures that reference our handling of money wow. and finances. 16 of 38 parables are instruction on about finances. Wow. So... I think our attitude is the important factor here. Mm -hmm. If God's that concerned about the way we handle finances, then our source of those finances is our job or occupation. So he has to be equally concerned about our attitude in the workplace, I would say. Yeah. And if we look at our situation as Americans, you know, the, the, the concern of getting up and going to work and, Mm -hmm. and it's a drudgery, it's a, you know, the average person in the world would, give anything to have the worst job in the city of Indianapolis. So we're so Mm -hmm. blessed. Yeah. Right. So true. Yeah. So since we work as unto the Lord, the first fruits of our labor are to be utilized in ways that also please him. In broad terms, what are appropriate ways to spend the money that we earn for our labor? Well, you know, obviously we have to take care of our basic obligations first. Mm -hmm. We need to return our tithe Mm -hmm. to the Lord first. Mm -hmm. And then we're responsible for the basic necessities of life, food, clothing, shelter for our family. After that, you get into the more kind of where do we want to maybe spend that little bit of discretionary income? And I think one thing maybe to remember is... You know, when when I look back when my kids were small, it's it's the things that we did that created great memories 
that are far more valuable down the road than when I bought them the latest toy. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I think for families to sit down and figure out, you know, what's ways that we can create these great memories. And then if it's something that might cost a little bit of money, go ahead and start saving for that. Mm -hmm. But make sure that you're creating the memories rather than just buying a lot of possessions. And and what I'm hearing you say is that you need to be proactive in thinking through a plan for what you want to Absolutely. And that's, that's the whole purpose of having a budget is it allows you to make those plans and fulfill what your goal for your family is Uh, because you can't do anything without money. So you work, you make the money, you use your budget to make a plan for that money. Mm -hmm. And then that way you can accomplish the goals that you set. Yeah. Well, and then you do that enough times over and over and over again. And you can start planning for even bigger and bigger things and and for bigger and bigger things that you can give toward. Right. And it's so funny about budgeting because people don't like the sound of that word. For some reason, when you start to mention to Mm -hmm. someone that they should have a budget, a lot of people, especially if they're not in the habit of doing that, They'll do, oh, no, I I don't want Mm -hmm. to do that because they feel that it restricts them. But in reality, what a budget or a plan for your money does Mm -hmm. is it actually frees you up to do the things that that are important to you. So true, so true. And And habits are so important. Oh, absolutely. I just was reading about Atomic Habits. I read that Mm -hmm. book. And man, like you said, if you just get in that habit of budgeting and yep. planning. Planning. Yeah. And, and, a, and a very important part of the what we earn is also, you you mentioned it, returning our tithes to the Lord. Absolutely. But then there's those free will mm-hmm. offerings on top of that. Yes. That I'm telling you, it can be really, really fun to say, hey, you know what? The Lord has blessed and so, and I've planned. So how does, how does giving come into that, that planning so, aspect? So, you know, uh, I think... I think just putting that at the very top of your budget Mm. lets you fulfill those biblical principles that Mm -hmm. we all try to live by. Uh, For our, you know, for our walk with the Lord, giving is such an important part of it. And the very first thing that we do is we take that 10% and make sure we return that to God. And then when you make your budget, put put some room in there for giving above and beyond your tithing. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God will bless you. It may not be a material blessing. Sure. I mean, you may sure. not be able yeah. to live in a huge house just because you gave your offerings, yeah. but the Lord will bless you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been talking to my students a lot at IBC lately about intangible benefits. Mm. And, you know, blessings can be things that are very intangible, such as peace, Stacy, yeah. like you mentioned, and mm-hmm. just happiness and a sense that you yeah. are fulfilling the will of the yeah. of God in your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're taking care of pretty much the 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 uh, the current state with mm-hmm. our budget, and but we also want to be looking toward the future. And and so, Tom, you know, we talk about investing. You know, that's really really forward thinking. You know, budgets tend to be monthly or maybe quarterly perhaps, or we have some short-term goals. But when we start thinking about the principle of investing, um, you know, what, what, is, what does the Bible tell us about that? And what can we learn from, from the Bible on, on principles of, of proper investing? Well, uh, to follow up Gail's comment first for just a second, Ben, I think the stewardship aspect of financial handling is so crucial. The Bible is so clear that we are to be 
we understand that we're called to be stewards or mm-hmm. managers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. returning the tenth is our way of acknowledging that this all belongs to God. Yeah. This is God's, and I'm supposed to be the best steward or manager of that that I can be. So you rarely hear tithing talked about without reference to Malachi 3, where the scripture basically says we either return that tenth to the Lord or we're thieves. Mm. In, in yeah. everyday language, it just basically says we're thieves if we don't return that to the Lord. And what I've always found interesting about that scripture is there's no middle road. It's not we're blessed with a blessing or try and see if it works out, uh-huh. do, try to do okay, and but we're either blessed with a blessing or cursed with a Better curse. Better take yeah. it serious. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's, it just shows how critically important this whole topic is to God. So maybe you could repeat your question. Ben. No, that, that, was a, that was a really, really insightful answer. Um, you know, I think, too, we, uh, we think of maybe, like, investing in this. It's so far out there, and it's, you know, maybe we're, we're looking at retirement. Maybe we're looking at maybe trying to uh, free up some, some other space in our lives where we could have some uh, passive income or something like that. Um, but, you know, this is something that really the Bible speaks to. Jesus spoke to it uh, on really being wise with setting a plan, mm-hmm. uh, living by the plan. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a minute, like setting a budget, but then you got to live by it. Uh, but then taking that uh, to the next level, to the future of, of what that looks like in investing for 15, 20, 30 years down the road and for, for our children and grandchildren. So... Uh, maybe just give us a little bit of info on like the personal finance side of things, you know, relating to uh, monthly budget, prioritizing, allocating funds, and then, you know, unexpected expenses. Sure. You know, the very first step in being wise with your personal finances is to create that monthly budget. Mm. Mm. Uh, John Maxwell once said, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. So a budget is simply a tool that allows you to fulfill the goals that you've set. It helps gain control of your financial life. It helps you establish priorities. And it helps you conquer weaknesses. Sometimes you may not realize how much you're spending on that daily latte until you sit down with the budget (laughs) and you take a look at that. The numbers don't lie. (laughs) That's true. And then you decide, let's get the big bag of coffee at Costco. That's right. And just put it in the machine. But the, the point is, A budget will illustrate those kind of maybe weaknesses in Mm -hmm. where you're choosing to spend your money that you may not realize just as you go about your day. Mm -hmm. So to be financially responsible, you just need to have a budget. And, um, you know, if you are making mistakes... That, that'll kind of show you and you it allows you to make some corrections before mm-hmm. you get in over your head with something. And, you know, for a family, a husband and wife really need to work together mm-hmm. on the budget mm-hmm. and they need to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that might take a little bit of sure. conversation and a little bit of compromise. Mm-hmm. Brother Carson just did a, a series in September uh, on finances and I heard him say, I don't know how many people caught it that were in the room, but (laughs) it was kind of just a throwaway throwaway line that was so great because he said if he counsels uh, a couple, you know, sometimes there's a spender and a saver. Uh And he said, if they're both spenders, I tell them to break up. 
Yeah, yeah. Don't go through it. Not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you are in that situation where you both like to spend the money, it then the budget becomes really way more critical Mm -hmm. because so not that counterbalance there. Yes. And when you're in a kind of a situation where you're living, uh, I think the usual term is paycheck to paycheck, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, so many people are in that position, but. If you're in that and you get into some type of unexpected expense, mm-hmm. uh, your income stops because mm-hmm. of a serious illness, an injury, something like that, or maybe the transmission goes out in your car yeah. and you're faced with this giant expense or this loss of income that you were not expecting, that is a road that can take you into a place where you really don't want to go. Yeah. So when you're thinking about your budget and making a plan, one of the most important things that you can do is to actually set aside some income for an emergency fund. Because Mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is get into credit card debt because you had an unexpected expense. Sure. And, uh, you know, credit card debt is something that is so easy to get into and so difficult to get out of. And that is one of the things I do as a Dave Ramsey a financial coach is to kind of help people get out of that situation mm-hmm. once they've gotten into it. And it's so easy to do because you take a young family, maybe they've just gotten their first house. Mm-hmm. The house has a laundry room, but no washer and dryer. Right. And so they go to Lowe's and they buy the washer and dryer uh, because they've just opened up a Lowe's credit card. Yeah. And so they're like, we yeah. can buy the washer and dryer. And look, our stove in the house is so old. Let's just get a new stove mm-hmm. while we're at it. Yeah. We've got this credit card. Seems mm-hmm. great. It does moment, seem yeah. great. Yeah. Yes. And so, so they spend $4,000 on the credit card. Right. And then they begin to make the monthly payment, which yeah. is say $100. Because monthly required payments on credit cards are ridiculously low. Yeah, yeah. A family in that position, I did a little bit of research. So I'm going to look at my notes so I that I get the it. numbers. Yeah. You yeah. did some yeah. research. <laughs> Not Gail. So yeah. on a credit card that has an interest rate of 28.99%, which is typical of a retail credit card these I was going to stop you there and say, is that typical? Is that? Yes. Wow. wow. My goodness. That is typical for a retail credit card. Now, if it's a, a through Bank of America or yeah, something, it's going to be a little but, smaller. But still, they're big But a Lowe's credit card, it's going to wow. be about that. Goodness. On this $4,000 that you've spent, your washer and dryer and your new whatever, mm-hmm. you've got $4,000. You try to pay it off $100 a month, which in that budget, that's not much money. So you feel like you don't even notice it. Right. But the reality is when you dig down into those numbers, you will pay $10,206 oh. in interest and it will take you just under 12 years to pay that off. Oh but then goodness. you're going to need another washer yeah, and dryer right? because appliances don't yeah. last that long. Yeah. So goodness. that's how families get into credit card Never debt. Never ending wow. vicious it's, it's cycle. A horrible, it's a horrible <laughs> trap. Vicious cycle. So, yes. so you've talked to us about, about the uh, unexpected expenses. Mm-hmm. You've talked to us uh, about, you know, um, how, how we can avoid certain traps and, and also understand where we're coming to our financial lives from maybe one's a spender, one's a saver. Yes. Or, you know, if you're single, whether or not you are a spender or a saver. Right. But it's recognizing a lot of the, like, realities of our lives and not sugarcoating anything. Yes. Okay. When when we do that, that positions us for success. 
And you're saying that's what the budget really does. The budget will position you for success and it will, again, allow you to have a plan of how you're going to spend your money. Because if you don't have a plan for it, it's really easy to, uh, as I've heard it say, fritter it away. Mm -hmm. You say, oh, Mm -hmm. I want this, you know, so you know you have the money in the bank, so you go buy it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are able to just buy, you know, those smaller purchases that they want, but those add up over time. Yeah. And a good budget that is re-evaluated monthly mm-hmm. and agreed yeah. on by both the husband and the wife can prevent you from wasting that money so that the the funds that you have worked so hard to earn mm-hmm. go toward what will benefit your family in the long run. Yeah. So good. families who are listening and watching today... Um, you know, they're maybe thinking, okay, we're going to do this as, uh, as a, a couple, yeah. but then they're also trying to teach, right? I mean, yeah. so how do, yeah. How do the parents, you know, start to teach their kids? I, I think it's important to teach your kids as soon as they start being old enough to understand what's going on, to teach them to return their tithe mm-hmm. and to give. Uh, you know, I open the the envelopes from when people give cash or checks here mm-hmm. at Calvary. And I recently, uh, an envelope landed on my desk and it had, I could tell it was a little kid's writing oh, wow. and there was a nickel <laughs> inside. Oh, and, it. you know, so I was cute. so proud of those yeah. parents because somebody apparently had given that little kid 50 cents. Wow. And the parents had the little child pay oh. the nickel on that. I mean, that is That's great. Awesome. Yes. You, you know, you that is teaching them from the earliest age yep. how important. And I just, it was so cute That's because I just imagined story. the conversation yes. that went on with that little child. And, and, so. then, and then that parent can take that application to say, if you're faithful in the small things, right. faithful in the little things, then Absolutely. the Lord can trust you with, with bigger, bigger and bigger things. Mm. So, yes. Wow. What a, what a great application of that. Yes. And that goes back to, as Stacy said, forming a habit, mm. beginning that habit mm. at that very young age of returning your tithe yeah. sure. and your offerings to the Lord. Yeah. And then I think that there's probably an aspect as with most things parenting related, uh, so much of what our children learn is caught rather than taught. And so yes. if, if we're being able to model yeah. and, and we say to our children who we were walking through the, the store and we're saying, you know, that's not in the budget. <laughs> yeah. They hear that word or, or they know that, you know, maybe we can save for that. Our you know. kids hear us say, well, we got to, guys, we need a minute. We got to do our budget yeah. meeting. Those types planning. of things. Yeah. Hopefully that then translates to, to the children as they grow. And yeah. one of the things that our society suffers from, so to speak, these days is uh, just that pervasive idea of instant gratification. Yeah. So and true. so I think it's really important to teach children at a young age to save. And so it gets them away from that. I want it and I want it right mm-hmm. now. Because the easiest thing, honestly, as a parent, you know, you're tired, you're trying to buy sure, the groceries, sure. the child is asking for something. 
it's easy to buy it to yep. just yeah. make them mm-hmm. stop yeah. asking and settle down. But really, you know, that might be the answer for that moment, mm-hmm. but long-term, that's not the answer. Not a, yeah. You know, yeah. that's a teaching moment that you can tell them, well, this is, if you want this, you know, maybe you can save your allowance and you yeah. can buy sure. it for right. yourself. Because for that little child, I think it will mean more. You know, that little possession will mean more if yeah. they have saved sure. their own money yeah. until they're able to buy it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that I would often look at uh, going to the grocery store and hope to find that basket of free bananas for the kids <laughs> <laughs> so that I could say, here's a banana, occupy yourself with this, eat, eat this to, to uh, pacify your uh, anxiety there in, in, the, in the grocery store. But no, great, great thoughts and great examples that, that we should, should definitely look at. And um, anything else on, on the budgeting part of it that, that you feel like that if you're really going to do this well, here's, here's some, some great examples. Uh, the one last thing that I would like to say is, uh, and I think I mentioned it just briefly, is reevaluate your budget. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit down, especially mm-hmm. if you're not used to doing a budget, um, you won't be successful probably. You'll forget some things. You'll realize mm-hmm. that, that you need to tweak it. Mm-hmm. So sit down and look at it once a month or so. Once you get it going, maybe you could drop back to every couple of months. But make sure you're looking at your budget because the budget is a tool for you yeah. and it needs to right. fit your needs and do what you want it to do. Right. So reevaluation of that budget is Gives critical you to you. Yeah. And, and would there even be room for mid month to be like, Hey, you know, this thing that I thought was going to be $200, this group or whatever, if it's groceries, whatever is going to be looking more like it's going to go into that 250. But this area over here. I thought I was going to spend fifty dollars to repair that, and guess what? I got it on sale, and it was it was thirty five, and so I've got an extra. Fi- and so you kind of start even sure. dynamically. Is that okay? That's okay. And you know, the other thing that you have to remember is even mid month, if you do have one of those unexpected expenses, mm-hmm. because even if you've done the right thing and you've got the emergency fund in place to take care of the expense. Well, once you use part of your emergency fund to take care of it, now you need to begin to replace Replace it, maybe at a faster rate. So that would be a time that you would reevaluate your budget. Anytime that life situations change, if you're contemplating purchasing a new vehicle, uh, if you are maybe thinking about moving into a different house, mm-hmm. those are all times that you would sit down and do a really strong reevaluation of your budget. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Good. Okay. So we've talked about the personal finance side, and that's all been very helpful, but let's maybe just transition now over to the investing side of things. And uh, maybe Tom could help just talk through some of that. When should someone begin investing? Is there a certain age or... Well, that's a really short answer, and it's yesterday. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether you're 16 or 62. The important part of investing is to get started. Start as young as possible. Start mm-hmm. as early as possible because it's the multiplication of invested money that makes the difference mm-hmm. over the long term. And again, I think it's so important that we understand the the foundation, the basic element here is that we have an opportunity to position ourselves so that God will bless our efforts or work against us mm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I've had opportunities or 
to meet people in my life that I really would like to have been able to invest in. Mm-hmm. You know, you find somebody that's really bright and, and a really strong work ethic and they communicate well and they're educated and they dress well. And and if I could buy stock in that person, yeah. what that success might turn in. But we have an opportunity to partner with the Almighty, to mm. partner with the one who has all resources. But to do that, we need to be in alignment with the Scripture. Mm -hmm. And I've thought, I kind of view it as um, if we're under God's authority with regard to our finances, I think of it as kind of an umbrella, but it has two aspects. It, you know, the the Bible talks about us being protected from the devourer Mm -hmm. when we're in alignment with God's principles with finance. But it's that umbrella that we're underneath if we're under his authority that is where all of the blessing comes from. So we're not only protected from the enemy, but that's also where we get all the blessing from the Lord. And that applies to our finances as much as it does to any other area of our lives. So as far as principles, um, you know, there are a couple of basic rules that happen in the investing world outside of tax strategies or different types of, of plans or how you allocate assets or all yeah. of that. But, you know, um, Albert Einstein is credited with saying that the most important force in the universe is compound interest. Mm. <laughs> so That's true. kind of interesting because uh, I find that uh, so interesting in that one of the reportedly brightest minds ever has no concept of what the really most important force in the universe is. Oh, wow, yeah. But we as apostolics get that, and how blessed are we with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, But if he made that statement about compound interest, then it certainly deserves a good look. So compound interest is is the most, probably the most basic element of how to accumulate wealth. So starting early is is as early as possible. That's where the time factor is is the huge part of compound yeah. interest. And as an example of that, there's a there's a rule in the world of finance called the rule of 72 that illustrates what Einstein was trying to say. And that's just a basic element of math. It's it's not an investment strategy, it's not tax strategy, it's just a basic multiplication factor that the rule of 72 states that at 7.2% interest, money will double every 10 years. Hmm. Or conversely, at 10% interest, money will double every 7.2 years. Oh, wow. So we're talking about the doubling of money. So if you if you think of, uh, uh, what, a 58-year-old that had, if I round off from 7.2 to 7, a 58-year-old yeah. has seven years to age 65. So if somebody that's 58 years old inherits $10,000 and invest at 10% interest in seven years, 7.2 years, that $10,000 becomes worth $20,000. Yeah. Having picked an appropriate investment vehicle that yields mm-hmm. a 10% return. So to your point, Ben, the time factor, if you've got somebody that I think is 23 that money's going to double six times. Mm. And we double six times. 
So it's easy to mm-hmm. think, well, if I invest at age whatever, I'm going to have, if I invest a little bit earlier, I'm going to have a little, if you invest seven years early at a 10% return, that's another doubling. Yeah. And now we're talking about the doubling mm-hmm. at the end of the spectrum, not the first. So the 23-year-old that doubles from 10000 to 20000 to 40000 yep. To wow. 80, 80 to yeah. 100, yeah. to 320, that last doubling from age 57, 58 to 65 yeah. is a doubling from 320,000 to 640,000 to yeah. 1.2 million wow. in that. So that's why, that's why the, the time element mm-hmm. is so, so critical. Yeah, we've probably all heard these little like things on maybe see it on social media or you hear these little anecdotes go around of, you know, would you rather take a penny and double it, right. you know, every day for the next 30 days or have a million dollars all at once right now? Yep. And of course we know that, and I'm probably not saying it right. The math no. probably, uh, no, you know. No, you said it well, we're, we're, but now we're going to double 30 times. Yeah. So you can only imagine yeah. oh, those wow. last few times of where it doubles. It's just a, a, a huge number. Yeah. So obviously we could get into all sorts of different, you know, philosophies and different strategies and different vehicles to, but what you're saying, I think is what I'm hearing is when you, when you do it well, you do it right. You, you work with somebody to make sure that you're placing money in a wise investment that just the power of the compound interest is going to get you so far ahead. Yeah. Now, this might be a little off script, but I do have a question because I'm thinking that we probably have some listeners out there who didn't start young. Maybe they, you know, they just weren't focused on that. So could you maybe speak to those folks and just kind of give them your yeah, input now? You know, you, you, in, in my line of work over the years, you run into that a lot. Mm. You know, what do I do? I should have, but I didn't. And now I'm here. What do I do? And I would say one piece of advice along that line would be, do the same thing. Still do the right things. Don't swing for the fences. Don't mm-hmm. don't good. swing and yeah, miss at good. that stage of life. Um, don't listen to the brother-in-law that has a friend that the doctor said Pfizer's going to come out with the be-all, yeah, end-all, right. cure-all, uh, weight loss, smoking cessation, <laughs> diabetes <laughs> <Yeah>. drug, <laughs> Magic invest in yeah. Pfizer. <laughs> right now, invest in <laughs> Pfizer. You know, no, it's just not going to work that. Do the right thing. This, yeah. The same good. standard so principles good. of starting as early as you can. And if that's way early, that's fantastic. And if it's not, it's still the same principle. Start as young as you can and invest as wisely as you can. And and there's a lot that goes into that. We, now we start talking about everybody's different. What's somebody's risk tolerance? Mm-hmm. And usually in a, in a marriage setting, you got somebody that's aggressive, somebody that's not so more conservative. Yeah. You got to have that conversation about how do we find that right investment yeah. blend that's... And, and many times it's two different retirement plans. You know, husband and wife both work. So one invests sure. very conservative, one invests very aggressively. And that's a nice blend. It works yeah. out. Sure. Works yeah. out well yeah. with that. So, but beyond that, then we're, you know, it's, it's the tried and true stuff. The average investor should be investing in mutual funds, uh, good growth, low cost mutual funds, because that gives instant diversification. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long term rates of return have been fantastic. Um, and, and it's just a good way 
to keep costs down, get diversification, and have the opportunity for growth. Yeah. Whether you're 62 or 16 again, mm-hmm. the principles are still the same. Don't try to do something different and, and have a huge miss at that stage of life. So what, what, do we, what do we say to someone who says, this, is, this all sounds great. I would love to do this, but where do I start? And, and Gail, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, there's some good resources even from the Dave Ramsey group uh, that somebody can just go on there and look and say, okay, who, who can I even start to talk to? Um, One of the things that, uh, that it, Calvary families can watch for is Calvary offers the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University Excellent. at least once a year. Okay. Uh, there is a minimal charge mm-hmm. for the materials and the access to everything, but you get some budgeting tools, you get some of these great principles, and you get to interact and maybe uh, get to know some families yeah. here at Calvary that you didn't know before. That minimal charge that sounds class. like a great investment. Absolutely. Really? <laughs> yes. That's a great investment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Tom and I both are involved in that. So watch for those announcements. Uh, do yeah. you know when the next one is? Do we have one scheduled uh, We don't yet? have one scheduled. We finished one yeah. a couple, three months ago. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so we've, we've already done one in 2023. So if but you're we'll interested in, in that, watch for the Excellent. 2024. Great. Uh, it's, it's not a whole lot of your time. It meets once a week okay. for... Uh, Hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, maybe up to two hours, depending on yeah, sure. how many questions people have. And uh, it's well worth your time. It'll teach you those principles of budgeting, of investing, mm-hmm. of giving, yeah. uh, all of those things. So that's a great resource that Calvary offers. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, this has all been so helpful and so good. Unfortunately, our time is starting to run out. This is It's just gone by like a blink of an eye. But in our few uh, final few moments here together... Give us some final thoughts. If, if you just had to boil it down, um, Stigail, on the personal finance and Tom on the uh, investment, just take, give us one just quick synopsis of a sentence on what somebody could take away from what we've talked about today. Get your budget, your plan for what to do with your money and make certain that the money that you earn is doing what you want it to do, is fulfilling the goals that that you want it to fulfill for your family. Excellent. Wow. Tom? Well, a minute ago, Ben, you mentioned how does someone get started? What do we do? What's a starting point? Um, And so in today's world, the the internet can be such a resource and and people may not understand what a mutual fund is. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to find that information. So just... Whatever your question is, you can Google that and find an answer, and it'll take you to some really, really good websites and, you know, just a very short read, and you're going to understand that a mutual fund is nothing except what it says it is, the conglomeration of a bunch of funds Mm -hmm. held mutually for the benefit of the investor. So a lot of information, uh, you know, there's some great websites that that'll lead you to. A lot of the, the major fund companies have very, very well done websites. So ask the questions, find the answers, and and there's always resources, as Gail said, available through the church office or through the Ramsey course or that kind of thing. So Excellent. ask right. the questions and begin to educate yourself for the person that's trying to figure out, where do I start? Wow. Excellent. And then start. <laughs> don't delay. Just start. Do yeah. something. Yeah. Even if you don't know exactly what to do, open a savings account, 
put $10 in there. Yeah, just, yeah. That's just a start. start. You know, yep. and I'll, I'll add to that, Gail, excellent. But even the mutual fund companies enable that with as small as, I think, 25 or $30 a month, mm. $50 a month on an electronic fund transfer. Wow. They'll set up an account. Easy. Yeah. And, mm. you know, how many people are in their 20s that are spending X dollars a month at Starbucks? Yeah, sure. Right. Right. That could have $50 a yeah. month taken out of an account. So true. Yeah. And then that establishes the pattern, as yeah. Gail said. And that pattern can turn into a lifetime of following that. Yeah. And that $50 a month that started way back when yeah. causes their life to be remarkably different yep. when they get down the road. Yeah. Wow. So good. Man, such great thoughts, yeah. such great ideas that you've shared with us today. In our closing moments... Tom, would you mind leading us in a word of prayer on this topic today? Father, we thank you for all the many blessings that you bestow us on, upon us. We thank you for this time together. We ask you to help us understand how important finance and our being stewards, good stewards of what you've entrusted us with, how important that is to you. Yeah, Lord. We ask you to bless this broadcast. Let it reap benefit for your kingdom and bless us in your work to do the same. In Jesus' name we ask that. Amen. 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 Thank you all for being here and joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Great. Good good info. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Thank you guys. And thank you for joining us today on This Is Family. We appreciate you stopping by to watch or listen. If you haven't visited Calvary in person, we invite you and your family to join us at our regularly scheduled services anytime you'd like. You can find all the information on our website, calvarytabindy.com, or check us out on your favorite social media platform at calvarytabindy. And if you've enjoyed This Is Family, please share it with family and friends. Until next time, we say so long, and we pray God's blessings on your family.